Jackson Hayes has maybe his best game of his career, but the Pelicans fall to the Cleveland Cavaliers 93-90. Let's talk about it in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube as well. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Tuesday, day after the Pelicans lose to the Cavaliers, 93-90. Jackson Hayes, though, right? completely outplaying potential frontrunner for Rookie of the Year, Evan Mobley. The Pelicans leading for 90% of this game kind of fall apart at the end. Is this glass half full, glass half empty for New Orleans? We're going to talk about it in today's show. And we're going to get into more about the shooting, Fred Vincent talk as well, Trey Murphy, where is he? All that in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. We're free and available five days a week for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. No one else coming to you five days a week with Pelicans talk. Trade targets, we talked CJ McCollum yesterday. That's an important one. Definitely think you want to listen to that. We're probably about to get an update from Zion, probably Maybe today while you're listening to this, I was actually expecting it to come on Monday. We'll have, we'll break that all down, what it means, all that coming up here on Locked on Pelicans. But let's talk about the loss to the Cavs, 93-90. This is at times frustrating and not frustrating. No Brandon Ingram in this game, still no Zion Williamson all season long. They shouldn't be expected to win very much, right? When you don't have B.I., I mean, it's just, it's kind of a fact, right? And they're clearly been very cautious with him all year long, so they're not going to rush him back. But at the same point, you get Jonas Valanciunas back, you have Josh Hart back, Devontae Graham was good to go, and you were good enough to win. You were good enough to win. You only lost by three, right? You didn't get blown out here. If I say the expectation is for them not to win... But then you come close enough to winning, like, yeah, I can be disappointed by the end result if that's the case, particularly because they're fighting for 10th, right? And we're seeing some of the same stuff rear its head. This team shot terribly from three. Are you surprised by that? You shouldn't be. Six of 30. Six of 30. 20%. If they shoot remotely okay from three, they win this one running away. They probably win by double digits. That's probably more of a factor than not having Brandon Ingram because some of these guys have really stepped up and played well. And so I look at this loss and it's just, man, this is so frustrating being so close, knowing you're missing these pieces or you could go out and get a piece that could help you and yet you still lose, right? Like that's, it's disappointing. It's frustrating. It sucks. This sets you back. You're trying to get into the play-in tournament. You've got to win these games. And they just don't really have the people, the players, to get it done. So yeah, this loss stings a little bit. This game feels like a disappointment. And when you've led the whole way through, even if it was close at times, right? You know, they didn't have a huge lead. They got it close to 10 in the middle of the fourth quarter, but then that just really got whittled away towards the end of the game. 
yeah, you know, you've got to try and find a way to do this. And they didn't execute well down the stretch. And, you know, on the final play of the game, they were very clearly drawing up. They're down two. They were going to go for the win. They were trying to draw up a three for Devontae Graham. Like, everyone knew this was coming, including the Cleveland Cavaliers. And, look, you've seen Willie Green be pretty good coming out of timeouts. You know, they had a, they, they don't, they're not able to get it to Devontae Graham, so they inbound the ball to Jonas Valanciunas, who gets a layup attempt, but he's driving from the three-point line. Like, that is in his game, putting the ball on the ground and going to the basket. You had another timeout. Call it. Call it. And just drop a different play. Or even run the same one, and maybe they don't cover it as well for whatever reason because Devontae Graham gets a good first step or something. At that point, call your final timeout and just play for the win. But they didn't do that. So it's like, I don't think this is a bad Willie Green game because you saw him start Jackson Hayes at the four. And Jackson Hayes, who we'll talk about in the next segment, completely outplayed Evan Mobley. Had his best game of his career in, the, in his time in the NBA so far, I think. It really showed you why, you know, well, I've never given up on him as much as maybe some others have. But I've always been higher on him than Keel. And... I don't know. You know, Valanciunas had a bit of a quiet night. You could have gone through him a little bit more, especially because he had space. Herb had an awful shooting night. He didn't make a shot 0 for 7. That's not going to get it done. You need some help, and the roster flaws are very apparent. And sometimes, on some nights, right, those roster flaws are no Brandon Ingram or no Zion Williamson. Those are two big things. But you could have won, and you could have won a lot of these other games, I think, if you had made different moves or if things were a little bit different. And that's why this is so annoying and so frustrating. And it's just, man, you're that close. Like, come on. And they just can't do it because of the way the thing, the th- just things are. You, you play the hand you're dealt, and that's not good enough to win a lot of these games. That's why the Pelicans are on a four-game losing streak right now. But Jackson Hayes played well. I love that. Like, that was so much fun. Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by TurboTax. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes. But for TurboTax live experts, that's what makes things interesting. We all have unique lives, whether you've invested in crypto for the first time this year, you own an up-and-coming small business, I don't know, maybe you host a podcast, or you're raising rambunctious twins. Luckily, TurboTax has experts who can answer your tax questions, walk you through the whole process, or just do your taxes for you from start to finish. They help get you every deduction you deserve that's more money in your pocket, no matter your unique situation. And you can talk to a TurboTax live expert through your phone or computer without leaving your house. TurboTax live experts are here to help you however you need, and if you need an extra hand, hand off your taxes to them and they will do it all for you. To TurboTax live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. So visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You have got you do your thing. They do your taxes. They've got your taxes. Intuit TurboTax Live. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is also brought to you by Rock Auto. There's so many different types of cars out there, makes, models. It's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. You're going to go in there. They're going to ask you a bunch of questions that you don't really know the answer to or almost intimidating. Do you really know the trim level of your car? Because that matters when it comes to the parts. 
And you've got to wait while they order the parts on their computer. And they're only going to choose the brands and specifications that their warehouse carries. So you're stuck paying one price, whatever it is that they're going to charge you. But you've got access to computers with Rock Auto. And so you can do it at home or even in your pocket on your phone. Save time and money when using rockauto.com. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? I use them for everything on my vehicles. I have a car from 1976. I can get any part I need for that thing on rockauto.com. That is awesome. Or a more recent car. Whatever it is you might need, they're going to have it, and it's going to be cheaper than anywhere else you're going to look. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. And whatever it is you're looking for, they're going to have it. I've gotten an air conditioning condenser because you need that in New Orleans. The car from 76. That wasn't easy to find. They were the one place that had it, and it was cheap. It was cheaper than anyone had it listed for, even if they had it in stock. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen. Now, the NBA trade deadline is Thursday, February 10th at 3 p.m. Eastern, and the Locked on NBA podcast will be covering it live from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. That's 1 to 3 our time central. Join Kim Becker, John Corrales, and Locked on Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to get analysis of every blockbuster move. They're going to pull whatever host is available on there whenever a trade goes down. So if the Pels make a move, I'm there first before I record anything about it. So subscribe to the Locked On NBA YouTube channel and turn on your notifications so you know when they go live. All right, we're talking about the Pelicans loss to the Cavaliers 93-90. It's disappointing, frustrating, right? Like they they should have won this game. Just shoot a little bit better. Like two more threes and you win this game. One more three. The game's tied and you probably actually just win with one more three. But they don't have it done again. This is the hand they're dealt. Injuries, Zion not around, BI being out. It, it just kind of is what it is, but it doesn't make it any less frustrating. But there are some bright spots in this. And Jackson Hayes playing incredibly well in this and stringing together a pretty decent number of games. That he's quiet against the Boston Celtics. But if you look at his play over the past two, three weeks, it's rotation worthy. It's not starter worthy necessarily, but it's definitely rotation worthy. And in a game with no Brandon Ingram, they decided to start Jackson Hayes. But not at the five, at the four. And he delivered in this one. He missed one shot. Dude was nine of ten from the field, including making a three. The one shot he missed was another three. 19 points, seven rebounds, three blocks. He was awesome in this. Maybe the four is his more natural position. Here's the thing, though, right? In the other game where he's really played the four to significant minutes and he did well was also against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Maybe he just thrives against kind of a lineup that is big, which is what the Cavaliers do. They throw these type of lineups at you. Evan Mobley is power forward or center, but he starts at the four for them. Jared Allen, center, right? They have other guys that they can use, and Kevin Love as well, who came off the bench and had a good game for them. They go, they, they're like, do it big, right? Like, that's kind of what they are and what they do. So Jackson A is playing well. Maybe it's just he needs to be against, like, less athletic guys than him, which is what most centers and most bigs are in the league. But 19 points on 9 of 10 shooting, 7 rebounds and 3 blocks was really important. He flustered the Cavaliers 
all night and is a big part of why you saw the Pelicans do so well in this game. It's mainly due to Jackson Hayes. You know, he offensively was able to, because he can play on the perimeter, drew Evan Mobley out and created space for a guy like Valanciunas to operate down low. Valanciunas could have struggled in this game. If you don't start Jackson Hayes and you put in someone else, maybe he really struggles because they're so big down low and they're pretty good defensively. You saw Billy Hernan Gomez go two for 12 in this one because he was flustered by the bigs down low. Well, when you had Valanciunas and Hayes out there together and you had Hayes being such a problem and such a springy athletic big, you had to kind of account for Evan. uh, Evan Mobley had to account for him. He couldn't just go and double a guy like Valanciunas most of the night. That's an effective strategy. And then defensively, Jackson Hayes can really kind of keep up with a lot of guys. He doesn't do it always. But he was very good defensively in this one. Evan Mobley was one of seven from the field. He had a terrible night. This is the guy who's going to probably win rookie of the year. He's been more impressive overall than Cade Cunningham has. And Jackson Hayes, in that dude's head, right? Like, that guy couldn't do anything. He didn't know where to be defensively. Offensively, he was an absolute mess because Hayes was able to cover He had a couple of really great defensive rotations going and being the help guy. You saw him switch onto some guards and actually do a pretty good job with that too. This was his best game as a pro, not just because of the scoring, but because of the two-way play from him. And that's not something we've really seen a ton from him. This was really exciting if you've never given up on Jackson Hayes or you still believe that he could turn into something good. He really showed it off in this game. I do not know if him playing the four more is going to work all of the time or be even 50% as effective as it was against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Maybe this is just the one team that he can do well against, but I think at this point in time, you probably need to try it more. Like at this point, kind of given where the Pelicans are, particularly Brandon Ingram misses the game tonight because they're, they got another back to back here. Yeah, you should probably play him at the four. You should probably start him at the four if Brandon Ingram isn't going to play against the Pistons tonight. And maybe you need to try it in spurts here and there going forward because it's been effective in a really small sample size, like tiny, tiny, tiny. But it's been good. So I am very curious to see if that is something that they are able to keep up. And we'll see. I hope so because... There's no reason why that shouldn't work potentially. And it's been good so far and it worked in this game. Look, really almost got the Pelicans a victory. So a couple other things from this game that I want to talk about. Let's talk about Trey Murphy just a little bit. We'll talk on uh, Garrett Temple too. Uh, They kind of tie together. Devontae Graham, some of these other guys. Let's talk about it coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Bet Online. There might be less football being played, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired head coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline's basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. And they have all the NBA props you could want on every single player. Get in on Herb Jones. Get in on maybe a guy like Jackson Hayes right now. 
Whether it's sports, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline.net is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms five days a week, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. Free, no paywall, just Pelicans talk. Trade rumors, breaking down the play on the court. The the Zion update we're going to get maybe today. We'll see. And if we need to do an emergency podcast on that one. We... And now for your second listen, go check out Locked On Saints with host Ross Jackson, breaking down everything black and gold. Pivotal offseason. Who's going to be the QB? Who's going to be the head coach? Who are they interviewing? Are those guys good? He's going to be covering all on everything black and gold over at the Locked On Saints podcast. All right, we're talking about the Pelicans' loss to the Cavaliers, 93-90. This, again, they were good enough to win. It's frustrating. They've had a lot of games like this this season where they're close and they're just not able to get it done, whether it's bad execution, bad clutch play, or just like something over the course of the game being a problem. I don't know, like shooting 6 of 30, 20% from 3. You've heard me say this one before. It's why I did an episode on CJ McCollum yesterday. A dude who can go and get his own shot and make his shot would be a really important thing right now. A really important thing. Because you have no one that can reliably do that. And so having a guy that can do that, other than Brandon Ingram, and a guy that would fit next to Zion Williamson... Yeah, C.J. McCollum, and he's available too. Makes a lot of sense. I actually did, before I recorded this, I went on Lockdown Blazers because they wanted to talk to me, Mike Richmond, about the episode I did yesterday. He does think that a deal of Josh Hart, Jackson Hayes or Nikhil, Tomas Sadoransky, and two protected first-round picks, two, not three, wouldn't be the deal, his favorite trade that they could make that's realistic. But it wouldn't be an offer that they immediately shoot down. And if nothing better materialized, he would probably take that deal. The players aren't the sexiest, though he likes Josh Hart, but you'd like a little bit more because C.J. McCollum is a walking bucket in his opinion. But look, it means it's a realistic thing. When, when the other host is like, yeah, I, I get it. I would tell him, like, let me get back. You know, He's like, I would tell Griff, let me get back to you on this. All right. I, you know, there you go. There's, I think, the realistic trade for C.J. McCollum. Two picks with that. So if you want Norm Powell, you're going to need to throw probably more than probably more than one more pick in there too. So I don't know what you'd need to include to do that. Um, because you don't want to end up doing four first round picks for CJ McCollum and Norm Powell. But he thinks that two first round picks, Sato, Hayes or nah, and Josh Hart could get a deal done. It's good to keep in mind as they get towards it. So that's that's something there because, look, again, their three-point shooting is bad. And I don't think it's a knock on Fred Vinson that some people are trying to make this out to be. The dude's not a miracle worker, right? Some guys just aren't good three-point shooters, and you can't completely turn them around. You just try and make them a little bit better. Nikhil is a good example of that, right? He, in this game, was 0 for 3. I don't know. Devontae Graham was a good enough three-point shooter before coming here. He's 3 of 11. That's not on Fred Vincent, right? Like, you look at what he's done in the past with a guy like Lonzo Ball, whose shot was completely broken, and you got to look at form, too, in things like that. He's done work with those guys. Brandon Ingram was not a consistent three-point shooter at all before he arrived here. Now he's significantly better than he was. Sometimes it takes time, and you can't expect him to be, you know, work miracles with a guy like Herb Jones overnight or even a guy like Trey Murphy overnight. Sometimes this stuff takes years. 
And sometimes it doesn't materialize at all because these guys just aren't good three-point shooters for whatever reason. Again, he's not a miracle worker, but when you look at how Anthony Davis developed that mid-ranger when he was here, it was very effective, turning into a somewhat reliable three-point shooter. Same for Lonzo Ball, who was a good enough three-point shooter by the time he left, if inconsistent. And... Brandon Ingram, who's significantly improved. And look, you know, one of the things that you've also got to factor in is free throw shooting, and the Pelicans rank ninth in free throw percentage this season. So they're good in that regards. I don't think this is a knock on him. I think it's a knock against these players, which is not great, right? That's actually probably worse, (laughs) you know? You can't really change the players out all that easily at times, but I think that's worth kind of keeping in mind. But a guy who's getting no minutes is Trey Murphy. And when you look at... Some of these guys who are playing significant minutes, it's it's frustrating at this point. You know, I don't know what Willie Green's fascination with not playing Trey Murphy is and with playing guys like Garrett Temple and or Gary Clark ahead of him. Clearly, Willie Green is willing to play young guys, right? Herb Jones starts. Jose Alvarado, who was okay in this game, bulldog on defense still, fun dude, right? Is an undrafted guy who's playing significant minutes for the team. You know, they have lesser pedigrees than a guy like Trey Murphy does. So I don't know what's going on in practice and behind the scenes for why Willie Green won't play Trey Murphy when it's just not as simple as, you know, like Stan Van Gundy, where Stan Van Gundy just wouldn't play young guys, right? Or Monty Williams wouldn't really play a lot of these young guys. Clearly, very clearly, Willie Green is willing to do it. So why is he not willing to do it for Trey Murphy? Like, you have to assume there's something there that he's just not been good enough in practice. He's not acting enough as a professional. That's speculation. But we don't know. And so it leads us to being really frustrated because you look at Garrett Temple. He was one of three in this game for two points and a minus four. He was bad. Like, he was bad. He lost guys on defense. He doesn't do anything offensively. There's zero ceiling or room for him to improve. Pretty much same for Gary Clark, right? It's a journeyman player. He hasn't been good. Why are they playing him a bunch? You know, I I don't know. Over a guy who is probably going to play just as bad as these guys, but at least has some upside. I don't think Trey Murphy is going to be worse than Garrett Temple is. Garrett Temple at one point was like 0 for 2 and minus 8 in this game and had no other stats. Uh, Trey Murphy can't be that much worse, right? Like... I don't get it. I'm kind of with you all on this one. If you're going to lose games, at least play the young guy. Again, you're you're 6 of 30 here. What's he going to do? Miss three-pointers? And it's going to be worse? Because Garrett Temple's not hitting them. Gary Clark, after getting doing well to start the year in limited minutes, isn't doing enough. You know, you may as well play the young guy because I don't think these guys are going to be are good. Like Temple, I think, is one of the worst rotation players in the league right now. I'm glad that they've completely dropped Saturansky, who's also there. But Murphy is a much higher ceiling and about the same floor, even if that floor is really low. So I look at this and I'm frustrated too, and maybe it'll change tonight against the Detroit Pistons, but I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's just that, you know, there's there's a blackmail situation here that Garrett Temple has on Willie Green or a guy like um, David Griffin. I don't get it. I've been off the Temple thing all year long. I had people screaming at me about this, being like, I was wrong about that. But no, like the dude's been bad just straight up. I don't know. 
I don't get it. Where's the suit? Well, though, like people seem to like that about him. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening and making Locked on Pelicans your first listen every day. Tomorrow, we'll recap the Pistons game. We'll get into more trade talk, too. We also might have a Zion Williamson update as well. Now, for your second listen, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. It's free and available on all platforms. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow.